Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Game Plan Podcast and New York Jets audio experience hosted by me, Tyler. And we are back with a very special episode here with New York Daily News beat reporter DJ Bietemi for the Jets. DJ, how are you doing, man? I'm doing good, man. I'm doing good. Thanks for having me on. Awesome, bro. Uh, you know, can't wait for the season to start. Really appreciate you hopping on. Um, so today we're just going to start with a few questions for DJ. Um, he's been there during spring OTAs, minicamp, and things of that nature. So um, he has the insight and uh, outlook on this team. Um, you know, really on the ins and outs, so uh, we can get some of his insight here. Um, just to start it off uh, with a Zach Wilson question here for you, DJ. What have you seen from quarterback Zach Wilson in OTAs and minicamp uh, that gives you the sense of optimism moving into the summer? Yeah, man, I have been impressed with his eye placement um, because like, that's, so, that's so important, right? Like being able to throw the football, obviously, like those are like baseline. It's almost like a receiver being able to catch, like saying a receiver can catch doesn't really move the needle. He should. He's in the NFL. Just like exactly, that. yeah. You make all the throws. Good. He's in the NFL. He should be able to do that. So what I've been impressed with is his eye placement that's improved. Um, he's been – that's why he's looked a lot more decisive in practice, where instead of trying to read, like, the entire field and, like, read – well, not the entire field, but, like, read an entire um, side of the field. Because in, in the Jets scheme – I don't want to say it's simplistic in, the, in their past concept, but like they call it a pure progression where they're reading a specific guy, whether it's the flat defender, the corner, whatever that is, maybe, you know, it's a, it's the linebacker or maybe it's the safety, um, the safety that's like maybe on like the left or right hash that's like 10 yards off or whatever. And they're reading a specific person and then countering off of that. So um, last year, obviously this last year, he, didn't fully grasp that 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 was the concept within the offense. Like that's the way they want you to do it sometimes. Mm-hmm. Like the whole trying to read the entire field or but like read like where the safeties are, try what coverage that they're in, and then try to react post snap, which uh, which hurt him a lot more than it helped. Um, so I think this year he's done a better job than OTAs of training his eyes to go where their eyes need to be, so then you can accordingly attack the defense within the structure of that play. Yeah. Well, yeah, that's, that's super interesting. Yeah. What a great answer. Um, you know, I didn't, yeah, I didn't know many of that. So um, that's certainly interesting. And yeah, you want to see Zach, you know, maybe focus a little more on, yeah. Like you mentioned his eye placement rather than um, trying to view the whole field at once. And, you know, yeah, that's what OTAs and training camp are for. So hopefully, yeah, he's honing it, honing down on that and uh, getting ready for his second year, because, you know, people say uh, you want to see a bounce back from Zach in his second year, but, you know, a bounce back after a rookie season, you just want to see him improve and take that next step um, to uh, to where we think he could be. And, you know, that's a great start for him with that eye placement and, uh, you know, seeing the seeing his progressions on the field a little slower. So um, next question here is about the offensive line. So just straight out here, what's the potential do you think of this offensive line? Top 10, top five with everyone health, healthy, of course. I think top 12. I think that's so I think the floor is top 16 is a floor. Okay. I think the ceiling is top 10. Um, because again, like just from a talent perspective, ABT, you got Makai, you got Thomason, who was a pro bowler last year. You have Van Horn, you allowed one sack last year. Those are really, those are four at bare minimum above average NFL starters as everything is currently constructed, right. With two guys with um, really good upside and Makai and, Elijah Barry Tucker. Um, the only concerns with that is, okay, 
you know, Elijah Bear Tucker was he flashed a lot in the run game, but struggled a lot in the pass game. So how much can he improve his pass protection ability in one year? Because um, I think he was like top top 15 ish, according to PFF, in terms of pressures allowed. So obviously, you know, you don't want to see that from a guard. And then Makai, we got to just see what he looks like week one. Because at the end of the day, all the narratives right now, some, you know, so you can say some is concerning, which is fair. You can also go with the position of not that worried you want to wait till week one. I think no matter what the narratives, whatever, everything is swirling, swirling around Makai, none of it truly changes the narrative until week one gets here, right? Like, right. You know, he came in a uh, mini camp. And I don't, my personal opinion, I don't think his weight was ideal for the Jets staff because if it was, when we asked Robert Sala, he would have said he's in a fantastic shape. We've seen him say that about Denzel Mann. We've seen him say that about Zach Wilson. We all know Robert Sala gets an opportunity to profusely praise a player. He will do it. And obviously he kind of gave an ambiguous answer that could lead you to think two different directions. So I, you know, so this kind of that's on that's that's one question mark, you know, like another question mark is Fant going to regress back to his mean because throughout his career, he's been more of an average and average tackle. This past year, he was a lot better than that. He was actually good on allow one sack. So, like, does he regress? Um, so those are that those are things that could lead it to not reaching a ceiling and could lead it to being more like top 16-ish instead of the potential where it could be top 10. Right, yeah, that, that's definitely interesting there. You know, Beckton, of course, um, if he was to come in here, um, you know, and play that left tackle spot, if he takes it um, from Fant and Fant goes back to right tackle, I'm not sure how that situation is going to work out, um, you know, in the coming weeks going into training camp. But um, this offensive line certainly has potential. And if, yeah, if most of, the, most of these guys can stay healthy and some of them can hit their potential strides, uh, such as AVT or if Thomas can – Thomason could fit right in, you know, and, uh, you know, merge with these, with these other guys who have been here for a year or two now, I think it could be a really, really strong group. So um, I do certainly agree. And a top 16 offensive line will, uh, will do, I think pay dividends for Zach Wilson, um, especially if they could read that top 10 uh, threshold. Um, so next question here is about Jermaine Johnson and a little bit about the defensive line. So what's this defensive line rotation really going to look like? Because we heard, um, I think it was Jeff Albrick on one of his press conferences say, um, for each defensive lineman per game, it's going to be 35, 30 to 35 snap count. I think that was a little debunked over the past couple of weeks. Um, and how often will we see first round picture Manny Johnson out there um, on the field? I think he will. Um, I think he'll be a contributor. I think that they're really deep. So it will just, you know, I think it'd be more of a rotational player mm-hmm. to start out. And I think he can ease into being a full time starter. Um, I think he'll probably, on, um, First and second downs, be rotating with Carl. And because I think JFM be on the outside, you have Sheldon and QQ at the three tech and then one of them at the nose. Um, so I think then, you know, on third downs, I could see a scenario where we have Q, JFM on the interior with Carl and um, what's his name? And Jermaine Johnson at end. Um, I could also see a scenario where you see uh, Jacob Martin at nose on passing downs too. You know what I'm saying? Um, where, you know, I've talked to people in the building, I've mentioned that, 
um, where where they'll go like double A gap blitz, bringing five defensive linemen, and put one of the defensive linemen off also in an A gap paired with CJ Mosley, um, and then obviously you know try to get a little bit creative with the blitz packages, so things like that that you could potentially end up seeing that would be cool to see. Um, so I actually don't think like Jermaine Johnson is going to have like this Michael Parson auto world rookie year. Right. I think he's going to be, you'll buy, I do think you'll see flashes of why he was a first round pick. Cause I, I think really highly of the player. I think that it just comes down to uh, there's only so many for mouths that can eat in this scheme because like, it's really deep, right? You're going Carl JFM, you're going to have Q, mm-hmm. you're going to have Sheldon, you're going to also have JJ. So yeah. Yeah, that that yeah, uh, yeah. I think you're so right on that. You know, um, that that's an interesting name to bring up, Jacob Martin, because you haven't heard too much about him uh, since he signed. But you know, on Flight 2022, the documentary the Jets uh, brought out. I'm not sure if you watched uh, much of it, but um, they were reviewing uh, Martin's tape, and you know, I think they're a lot more bullish on him than fans are, and I think you'll see him out there um, on certain downs and distances. And that that, sure, that certainly should be interesting to see. Um, him pair alongside, you know, guy like Jermaine and Q and all those guys in the defensive line. And their depth, of course, is uh, a huge plus under this Robert Sala scheme. So um, that is certainly interesting as well. Um, so moving on to the linebackers here, do the Jets really believe in Quincy Williams' ability next to CJ Mosley? Are they bullish on his Pro Bowl potential? I think the Pro Bowl, the Pro Bowl stuff is kind of overblown. I think, uh, yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't think they think, I don't think they believe or expect him to be a pro bowler. Mm-hmm. They're a little overblown a little bit. Um, in all honesty, like, like I think they think he could be a good NFL starter, a solid NFL starter. Um, uh, yeah, I'm at a pro bowl. Mm, I, I think, I, I think they're bullish if you put it in the context of they think he could be a quality NFL starter. Yeah, but pro bowl. Mm, no, nah, I don't think they I don't think they really think that because like Quincy's in like year four, I believe, or something like not saying that players can't get better mm-hmm. and got better, but like to expect him to be pro a pro bowler now this year because he made a bunch of highlight tackles. Like, nah, like there's still things he has to work on, like his um run fits. His run fits were bad last year, like really bad. Like, yeah, you saw like the highlight plays, but like there are plenty of plays where like because he shot the wrong gap, running backs were able to um, replace, I guess you, they call it replace color, and burst through that hole and get a lot of yards off of that. So, like, um, I'm big on, like, letting people incrementally uh, – to. I'm big on letting players improve, um, uh, you know, step by step. I don't really put this notion and expectation that players – have these massive leaps from year to year just because we see like an anomaly. Like, no, nah, like usually, you know, it takes time. If you don't come out the gate, guns are blazing, it takes time. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like it takes time for you to develop into what you're eventually going to be. And I think that Quincy can be a quality starter. Pro Bowl, I wouldn't expect that in 2022. 100%. Yeah, I was, you know, Pro Bowl, I think is a really strong term, uh, you know, in a player's fourth year, if they haven't, you know, reached that step up to this point. But what you said, you know, players can, of course, improve year to year, but, um, I do think that's a very strong term for Quincy, although, um, you know, I think he played, you know, really high energy um, last year and it was really fun to see him play next to CJ and learn under CJ. And, you know, hopefully Quincy can, um, you know, teach some of these younger linebackers a thing or two. Um, but of course, he does have to improve himself. So that is certainly a good point. 
Um, so last question here for you, DJ, um, has a mod sauce gardener impressed you thus far through spring practices, only the spring, uh, shorts and t-shirt, uh, is he almost guaranteed the number one cornerback spot throughout training camp? Uh, yeah, he's going to be with Bryce Hall in theory. Um, God, no, DJ Reed for sure going to be a starter. Um, so technically he's competing with, um, he's competing with right. Bryce Hall, but in all honesty, though, I mean, he's going to take that spot. Like, he's more talented than Bryce and they use him for a while pick. So, you know, you kind of on Bryce when Paul said, like, he has to earn the right to play. Yeah, of course. Like, it happened, like hypothetically, like, as long as Sauce, like, if Sauce went out there and looked like dog shit for, like, four <laughs> weeks straight, then yeah. probably Bryce would still start. But I doubt that Sauce would look like dog shit for four weeks straight. Like, nah, like, Sauce's, his talent is tantalizing. And you would be idiotic to not get him out on the field so he could develop into what he's going to be you know, whatever that is, um, because, like, the talent is there. But at the end of the day, we've seen plenty of corners get dropped in the, in the first round that flame out. Like, usually it's, it's, it's boom or bust with, with, with cornerbacks. Like, in the first round, is either they're really good or, like, really quality starter or they're, like, like out of the NFL, like, not good, like, at all. Like, like we count Eli Apple a lot, but, like, Eli Apple is a solid NFL corner. Like, most first-round corners that don't work out rarely end up like That's Eli true. Apple. You know, so yeah, man, I, I I do believe in his talent. You just have to see how it, what it looks like when the season comes. But yeah, he'll be starting like that. Y'all ain't gotta worry about that. You know what I'm saying? Like he 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 makes plays on the ball also. Like he's caught a few interceptions. Like I think he's caught. Oh man, I think from like just an OTA, I think he's caught more interceptions than Bryce Hall has caught like in practice or games. <laughs> uh, yeah, that that's crazy. So like, yeah, bro, like. Yeah, man, like he's gonna be a starter without question. But I respect Bryce because Bryce is Bryce is still like competed, man. Bryce is still like worked his tail off. Bryce is still he could have easily asked for a trade. Like if I was Bryce, I would have asked for a trade. But I question, like, I'm going to year three. I'm trying to, you know, get that next contract or whatever. I want to go somewhere where I have a shot to at least play. Like I would have asked for a trade for sure, but he didn't. You gotta respect that. You gotta respect the hell out of that. He's competing. Um, we'll see what happens, but you know. Big ups to Bryce and big respect to him. Yep. You got to respect Bryce. I mean, he, he fought last year um, as his team's number one corner. And, you know, he's coming in here, you know, with a competition, I think. Um, you know, I think a trade could possibly still happen, um, you know, going into, uh, you know, through training camp. And if the team feels they have enough depth to corner. But um, I think Bryce, you know, a great player, I think, for the Jets. Um, if he does end up moving on, yeah, always respect him throughout the league and follow him along to his next team. But um, sauce. Yeah. As you said, likely we'll take that cornerback spot and, uh, alongside DJ Reed. And that should be a fun tandem to watch a tandem that I don't think the Jets have really had at cornerback, uh, in quite some time. So, um, DJ, I really appreciate it, man. What a great uh, episode. Glad to have you on. Um, and I just wanted you to, uh, wish you, um, you know, great travels on your next, um, job opportunity. Uh, if you guys didn't know DJ, um, leaving the New York Daily News um, soon. And his next stop is undisclosed, but I'm sure he'll kill it. So appreciate it, TJ. No problem, Tyler. You have a great day. So I really hope you guys enjoyed that interview with TJ Enemy in the New York Daily News. He's always a fun chat. So um, I really appreciate it. Now I guess it's a friend of the pod, so hopefully he can come on in future episodes. Um, but really appreciate DJ hopping on and um, spreading some of his insight around the team. Um, so I did just want to touch on a few other pieces um, regarding the Jets. Um, a bit about Makai Becton, who, um, you know, came into OTAs, came into the spring with a new attitude, um, a new fresh attitude saying, you know, um, he's going to make all these fans who, you know, 
um, are down on his game for 2022. Eat their words. And I really like that attitude. I like the, um, uh, you know, inspiring talk, inspiring walk into the facility. I think that'll prove, um, I think that'll prove very useful for Makai coming into, you know, training camp in the preseason. And, um, then of course the regular season, you know, a newfound attitude to chip on his shoulder. I think that's something that, uh, he should certainly, um, take pride in and hopefully can, uh, pounce on his opportunity in 2022 and take over either the left tackle or right tackle spot. Um, depending on what the guest shoots to do with Makai, um, heading into the 2022-23 season. But other than that, you know, I think Makai Becton hopefully can come into this season, you know, as I said, as DJ said, um, take over this offensive line group. Um, you know, and bring it to new heights, right? Uh, I'm talking top 16, like DJ said, top 10 potentially, as he said as well. Um, you know, who knows, top eight, top six. I mean, I feel like the potential is sky high for this offensive line group. And hopefully um, they prove us right um, in giving them all this praise throughout the offseason. And hopefully they, um, you know, jump on that opportunity for the season. Um, yeah, so I just wanted to also give... Um, a bit of a reaction to Flight 2022, the Jets docu series that they released. Um, all five episodes, too. Um, I believe it was last Thursday. What a great series by the Jets, uh, you know, uh, video team, media team, uh, photography team. Uh, they do a great job every year uh, coming out with their own documentary, similar to Hard Knocks uh, that the NFL makes, but the Jets do it in house. Um, a great team they have, and, you know, uh, all the praise in the world for those guys over there at One Jets Drive, and it was a really cool watch. Um, Especially episode four, where Joe Douglas was, you know, really, really ringing those phones and hoping to get Jermaine traded for Jermaine Johnson in the first round, um, and he ended up making that happen. So, just wanted to give a quick shout out to the One Jets Drive media team over there, photography and videography. They do uh, great work over there at One Jets Drive. So, without further ado, this was a jam packed episode, but I really hope you guys enjoyed it. If you are not already, make sure you follow my Instagram at New York Jets Game Plan, Twitter at New York Jets Game Plan, and make sure you read some of my stuff on the Jet Press. I do write it on there basically monthly at this point, but I may become a little more frequent as we get into the summer months. So, again, really appreciate everyone sticking around. Thank you to DJ for hopping on the pod, and I will see you guys next week.